Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Joel Elston here. Today is Thursday, February the 28th, 2019, last day of February. It's 8 a.m. in New York, 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, 1 p.m. in London, Sydney, Australia is at 12 midnight, and wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that we are live again because, uh, once again, I'm being taught humility by a computer, and I think I've learned the lesson by now, Joel. I mean, the computer can actually stop. You know, it doesn't have to keep doing it now. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes. It, 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 it's, an, it's an adventure in technology every week we do. Absolutely, this. yes. Uh, yes, <laughs> you're learning so well every week. Thank you. For, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's nice to know that I'm making progress. <laughs> so how have you yeah. been? You had a good week, yeah. I hope. Yes, actually been a really good week. Uh, you know, a lot of great stuff happening. Um, you know, just, just the weather here has been amazing. Uh, even though I, I hear we're getting some more, uh, snow or whatever in the next few days, but it's been great overall. I can't complain. Well, obviously that's not something I do, mm. uh, but it's been, uh, interesting in the sense that, you know, I've, I've been able to see a lot of people this week, you know, people that have, uh, in particular, that have struggled with some of the stuff we've been working on. Some of my clients have mm. really made some big breakthroughs in accepting of, oh, of nice. letting the law of attraction work on their behalf. So it's been a really good week in that aspect. Oh, that's great. That 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 cuts through so much stuff. Having that kind of uh, result on on a regular basis, which is what it sounds like, that that just makes such a difference. It, it makes it even when you're dealing with little, you know, the foibles of life that happen, you know, the the downs that go with the ups and so forth. When you have a week like that, where people are making progress, what's better than that? There's nothing better than that, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, it really, it really reinforces. And you know, one one lady in particular this week has, uh, um, you know, she had been struggling, and she sort of came to me as sort of a last resort. Like she has mm. been through all the other doctors in town, or all the doctors in town, right, right. And uh, you know, it, it has, uh, you know, found some medication. She was dealing with some depression, and she found some medication that she felt. Okay, I'm okay, but it it was okay. It it, mm. it wasn't thriving. She had no purpose. She had no. Uh, so we we started this probably about five weeks ago, and and you know I said, look, just go do it week by week. If you think there's hope here and doing it, great. Don't you know I don't want to add on to your five year journey of trying to find an answer to this problem. And she'd never really been introduced into the law of attraction, or at least the concepts of understanding the way we, you know, you know, how we can use it to our advantage. Right. Uh, she had a very negative inner dialogue and, and, and once, once we helped her reprogram that and, and she just had miracles happen in our life. And, uh, it, it, it's been such a, an awakening and, and her only frustration, she says, is that she, it took her all this journey to find this piece of it. When if she had found this piece of it early, it might have saved all that other time and energy and effort. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, so. Well, I'm sympathetic. It, it, I, I know how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's been, you know, so when you have stuff like that, it really reinforces not just, you know, why I do it, but also just how, how much this does affect people and how much it's yeah. changed everything in my life. And, uh, it, it, you know, there, there's a lot of people that really don't get it or, or, or automatically dismiss it. Uh, because they think somehow it violates a, a current belief or they would be, you know, and it, and it doesn't, but it, it does have a, uh, you know, it does put people in a position sometimes of accepting responsibility for what you have to uh, deal with in life, you know, yeah. and, that, and that's hard for people. Responsibility mm. is a hard thing to accept sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, the, also, th there are, like you say, a lot of different ways that I, I like to describe it as stumbling, but that's perhaps not even the best word either. There are a lot, a lot of different ways that people just get challenged by this whole thing. And you're right, it runs up against their belief systems and their belief systems, if they're in any way uh, contrary or re resistant to what it is that uh, we understand and what we discuss here on the program, then that that's a problem. That's a real problem. That's a, that's what Abraham calls resistance. And <laughs> resistance right. is such a small word to describe something that can be really, really big. But that's what it is. Ugh. Crazy. Well, and, and that and that's you you see that a lot because the resistance it, it isn't that someone is not wanting to get it. It's not like there's right. uh, something taking place that that. But you know, it's not a voluntary thing. The resistance is often years built up. Mm. It, it is you're programmed a certain way. You're told this is how things operate. You anticipate the worst things to happen, 
Um, the body has a natural process that actually there's science behind the negative inner dialogue. It's a protective mechanism that's no longer efficient, mm. but it, it is a safety mechanism. The negative dialogue keeps you from getting in trouble often, yeah. uh, but it also keeps you from uh, uh, thriving. It keeps you from, from living your fullest experience, mm-hmm. and that's the battle we have to overcome. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, to our live stream listeners, if you have questions, feel free to enter them into the comments section, and we will do our best to answer them and address them. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just going to continue this uh, this thread that we're on because, it, it, as usual, many of these things tie into my own life, and so I, I like to take advantage of talking to you and my other co-hosts to address some of the things that are most important to me. So um, I, I'm going to do that right now in a couple ways. First, I saw a post yesterday about resistance specifically about resistance, and the person asked, I thought it was the best question I'd seen on Facebook in weeks. The the question was, how can I get rid of resistance if I don't even know what the resistance is? And I say that's that's an excellent question because that was a question that I had for a long, long time. I mean, that's a really confusing point, because especially when you first hear about what resistance is. Resistance is anything that's blocking you from your goal. That's usually the way we, d- we define it. And it's like, well, geez, I don't even know what the resistance is. How am I supposed to remove that? I don't know how to do that. That's, that's what my reaction was. And I think a lot of people react that way. Um, so let, let's start there. How do, you, how do you turn that around? How do you find your way? How do you find what the resistance is? And then how do you remove it? Well, sometimes you're looking for something that, that almost doesn't have a tangible name. That's the problem mm. with it. It's more, of a, it's more of a mindset. You know, it's sort of mm. like describe air. Yes. Well, you can describe air, but it, it, unless you experience air, it's hard to understand air. Mm-hmm. And so resistance is sort of a similar type factor of, you know, what is, you know, it's like blocking. the blo- Again, we so much emphasis is placed on how something fits. Uh, and, and resistance would be, sounds like a voluntary vent that you're doing, so you can't identify what... Resistance is can be inherited. It can be programmed uh, from childhood, and it, it, it's such a uh, an awakening when you realize that the resistance can be thought. It could be wanting something too bad. When if, if you want something so desperately that you're you're creating a desperation in your emotional field, in your energy field, right. that that's what the law of attraction picks up on. Yeah. So, understanding that resistance isn't always about you know, I don't want it. Resistance is is sometimes wanting it too much and not understanding how to get there, and that's what you have to identify. So when you're when you're figuring out what resistance is, you know, it, it it's it's sort of pressing a button and saying, okay, I, I here's what I'm wanting to attract. We often will have people write in, mm-hmm. and um, and and they always have. And I'll use one of the two top. It, it doesn't matter which one of those relationships or money, but I would always believe that the majority of people uh, that get into the law of attraction go into one of those two categories and try to find a way to use it to work. Most often. Uh, yeah. Then they later realize, you know, you, then you realize the other stuff that's available. But let's assume it's just money for right now. Okay. Uh, people will write in, or, or in my practice, like once they start the law of attraction process and they're really manifesting, it's like, well, I came here for the money issue, and that's not any better. However, every other area of my life is going so much better. Why isn't the money working? Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it or if you know, or if the other one, relationships. You know, everything's good. My financial situation improved. However, my relationship situation remains. The resistance is often where you're over focusing. Mm-hmm. You know, the concept of of feeling an event. Like for example, um, if I want to understand what it's like to uh, be wealthy or, you know, and, and, I, and I imagine it uh, and I, I picture it of me having this massive, uh, uh, you know, uh, $300 million yacht and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm this super wealthy guy. Well, that's beautiful and I hope we can all get there sometime, but that is not congruent with your reality. Mm. That doesn't match your reality at all because you can't, and I want to say you can't, we're not able to comprehend what it's like to, to feel that. Mm-hmm. However, you can feel financial security. You can understand what not worrying about the electric bill or worry about it. Those are things you can do. You, you have to incrementally grow. So you have to have a thought process that matches your, your belief system. So 
you know, you know I, I often will have people come in that are making fifty thousand dollars a year. So, you know, so it's a you know a wage that okay, it's, it's livable, but I want so much more, mm-hmm. and I want to make four hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, it, it generally can't go from fifty to four hundred, but it can easily go from fifty to seventy-five. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. from seventy-five to a hundred, then a hundred right. to one hundred and fifty. Those increments are believable, and then once mm-hmm. it starts happening, you can do it. So the resistance is often in in sort of not – I don't like the idea of shooting too high, but having expectations about wanting something so desperately but not being able to tune in to what that really feels like. Mm. So the, 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 there, there's an idea that I when I want to understand what uh, wealth feels like, I have to live in a – without lack, without a view of lack. And so it's hard to do that when – you have traditionally lived with lack your entire life. That's for one of the reasons that people that win the lottery, um, that have, have the, the stories are, it's just part of winning the lottery almost. It is anticipated you're going to screw up your life if you win the lottery and lose it all. It, yeah. it just is what they, it, it happens because people aren't prepared for the abundance. So when you're not mentally, you may want it, but when you're not really prepared for it, the universe will not fill that void and being prepared for it is learning to live within it. And um, so the resistance is often in it built into the structure of how we, we do this. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is a, it's often not an identifiable single event. It can, it can be. It can be where, yeah, I can see where I automatically get a feeling of lack when I think about this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, it's just not understanding that you're, you're like, for example, if, if I'm going to sit on my couch all day, and I'm going to, I'm going to manifest uh, a new job, but I'm going to just not, I'm not going to apply online. I'm just going to sit here and spend my entire day hoping that somebody knocks on my door to manifest me a new job. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying that can't happen, but when you, when you limit the, the universe's ability to, you know, like, like I can only do it from my couch and not get out there and fill out the application and shake. You limit the, 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 that's a resistance unto itself. Mm-hmm. There's limited ways that could fulfill. It's like I only want to win the lottery for my abundance. Well, you're 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 asking for the law of attraction, sort of with with the other 300 million people that have the same concept to somehow you know you're going to manifest or get energy above that uh, is unlikely. Versus, well, I have no problem with the lottery being one of your concepts. New ideas, working, creating you know something and mm-hmm. a business or or whatever you want to do. Those are areas where you open up the sort of the factory of the law of attraction. So right. so putting the law of attraction to work in a way that makes sense, where there's limitless ways for the law of attraction to fulfill it, then you are, are sort of bypassing resistance. So resistance is a, a, a very complicated, and I wish it were more easy to explain. You know, if, I, if, if you look at, you know, a pen, I'm holding an ink pen in my hand right now. I could, this is an ink pen. It's tangible. Mm-hmm. Resistance is a broad term for a bunch of different emotions, and sometimes it's really hard to find them. Mm, yeah, that's true. There's all, well, there's a few things too about uh, resistance. One is, like you say, it's not something that that you can easily define. But another is that it's possible to become really attached to either a positive or a negative outcome, and in so doing, end up on what Abraham calls the lack end of the stick rather than the thing end. Um, an example right. of that might be, you know, like a negative example of that might be you find yourself throughout your day focusing on something that you know you don't want, but you're somehow fascinated by it. And you just keep, your, your attention keeps getting drawn back to it. And every time you get drawn back to it, it's like, oh, why am I paying attention to this thing? And then you draw your attention away from it. And then 15 minutes later, you're back on it again. You know, so, so that's one kind. Another kind is where uh, you are attached to a positive outcome, that $300 million yacht you talked about, right? You know, and, and so right. every day you're just so focused. Oh God, I wish I had that $300 million yacht, but I, I just can't seem to get it. And you, and you just get into this negative spiral about a fact that you don't have a $300 million yacht. Uh, you know, so either kind right. of attachment, whether it's a negative one or a positive one, they're both attached to the idea of, I don't have it. I can't get it. I can't seem to break this. I can't seem to change everything. And, and it's a self-defeating right. pattern. It's one that I know well. I suspect your, your clients know well. I suspect you know it from, from your history. You know, how do you, how do you get out of that? It's, it's like being addicted to a thought. Well, and, and, and that's part of, you know, I've, I've witnessed this in many people's journey, including yours, 
how you will somehow get stuck. We can get stuck on one action or event or course of action. Mike Dooley does a really good job, uh, for those of you that don't know Mike Dooley. He's written several great books. I'm a big fan of his concepts. Me too. And he does a really good job sort of explaining this. You know, you, that imagine someone who manifests the home of their dreams. They fit their entire life, worked hard mentally and emotionally, and, and, and they bought this beachfront home that they've always wanted. Mm. And it's exactly what they always They earned it. They, they, they got it. Yeah. Did you come along and you say, you know, I want to manifest that home. Mm-hmm. Are you going to out-manifest the other people? No. Are you, are you going to make their dream un, unhappen because of – so, you know, part of what happens when you get stuck on one outcome or that one house or that one car or that, you know, that one thing, it, it, it's not congruent with the emotional, you know, put your emotion you're putting out there. If you want the concept of, of having a beachfront property somewhere and live, that's a, that's a concept the law of attraction can, when you understand how to bring it, that can bring that to you. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, it, you can't just literally label a specific way of doing it. If, if for example, you have a, this business idea of, you know, I, I want to create uh, a, a, this imaginary pin that also uh, drives my car, and I'm just being <laughs> ridiculous, but you know, That's funny, and, 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 and you know, and and so you 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 have you have this pin that's you know, on one day it's an ink pin, but you press the button, it's an automatic driver for your car. So that's what you're wanting, and you, you're 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 stuck on somehow that being a concept that would relate to somebody there and but you're all you're doing is putting your energy there versus now I'm not opposed to that being one of the things that you're working on but have a broad spec your what you're trying to attract is an abundance what you're trying to bring to the table when I first got into private practice Walt I I I my background for the previous 20 years was working in addiction recovery right and you know I, 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 when I got into private practice, I was going to be focusing on two areas. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated with nutrition, particularly how it applies to uh, mental health. And I'm an addiction recovery guy. I've been in recovery now for 23 years. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something that I, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to focus on. Well, I also wanted to have a thriving practice. I was leaving a, a high-paying job as director of a residential treatment center, and I did not, you know, I wasn't planning. And I was in financial good shape that I could, I, I had time to make it happen, but I also wanted to, to manifest a practice along the way. Well, through a bizarre chain of events or law of attraction, I, 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 I was putting it out there. I got very few pure addiction people in the beginning. Mm. I had people who had, you know, oh, addiction might have been a part of it, but it was a, a lot of this, you know, a lot of 25-year-olds sort of that failed out of college, families were sending to me sort of a life-motivated, more traditional life coaching and career planning stuff. And then I and then I started having success with that population. And then doctors, the local doctors knew it, that they were like, everybody started sending me that group. So very mm-hmm. few were just purely traditional Addiction thing, and none of them were helped at the time. I mean, mm. I incorporated it, but none of them came for me for just pure help. Right. Uh, and so I had, I, if I were just accepting, no, I only want addiction clients, that could have been a worthy idea, but I wouldn't have become successful in my practice. Mm. I, I accepted concepts of an overall practice, and then I found my area of expertise. Now I get a, a you know, wider variety of type things. Uh, but it does, I did have, I was able to keep an open mind and not pigeonhole myself into a very narrow, uh, this, that's resistance. Like you're saying, you get stuck on this, you know, you, the law of attraction will not often, you, you know, you, 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 you can put yourself in a situation where I think this is what I want, but I'm not knowing how that emotion will be. And, and the law of attraction can simply respond only to the energy and feeling you're putting out there attached to what you're thinking about. And and that's where it becomes so confusing is like, don't get stuck on one thing or understand the concept. Like when, when you and I were first talking, this is the great part of your journey. Uh, we were doing a show together and you, you had a few ideas. Uh, uh, some were some email ideas or different type things. And I was like, well, you know, your, your focus is pretty narrow here. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying don't work on that, mm-hmm. 
but but open the open up to what's around you. And you did that. You mm-hmm. you you one week randomly opened up this entirely new world of thinking about increasing the podcast uh, to a multi everyday type thing and, and adding host and and you, you you did that with very little planning, which is not your style historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 it, it it really began a new process of thinking for you, and I think that was a big turning point in your life. I, I think so too. Um, in fact, uh, you'll be amused by this. I think uh, Cindy Chavez yesterday after our afternoon podcast, she and I were talking, and uh, I told her some stuff that was going on with my my stuff, and she said, "You know, there's a book I'd, I'd recommend to you that I just found out about," and the title kind of you know hits you between the eyes at first. It says, "Don't do your best." And it's subtitled "A Guide to the Project of Being Alive," and, and yes. you look at that headline, you say, "Well, that that doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't I want to do my best?" <laughs> but her point, and it's a great point. Her great point is that when you're spending all your time doing your best, you're spending all your time trying to be a perfectionist. So her recommendation is just well, yeah. you know, just just dive in. She, and, and she even has a, a term that she has trademarked called the garbage method. And that's where you just put out the you know the very first thing that comes to your mind. You just put it out there. It's garbage. Fine, it's garbage. Right. You just do it, and in so doing, you can often produce your best work. <laughs> when I do consulting, and this is this is uh, uh, I on my consulting uh, proposal, one of the terms I use for myself is I'm an implementation uh, implementation specialist, mm. meaning I implement. I, you tell me what you want to do, and I implement it, and then we figure out what's not working. Mm. Instead of you know most companies that I've worked with, uh, previous companies that I've been you know, directly involved with, they become paralyzed with over analysis and planning and mm-hmm. and 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 you know like one one you know all this other stuff. And just like you're saying, uh, just like Cindy's talking about, you get stuck on perfecting it versus getting it done. And I have had the most success of my life uh, in my life by implementing. And then adjusting, letting you know, just like I said, I opened my doors as a as a life coach with one intention, and the business came from a whole different direction that I never even thought about, uh, and and I was open to that. I and I could have kept fighting that, and say no, that's not that's not my scope of practice, or just except for whatever. At first, I didn't like working with that population, uh, except I was pretty good at it. I realized mm-hmm. that, and I learned to love working with that population. Sure, it's provided me an excellent living, and and. And so it, it opens the door so I can do other things. Now, uh, it, my practice has grown to a bunch of different areas, uh, and I don't have to take every client that doesn't match what, you know, my, my overall scope of practice is. But you and Cindy nailed this with sometimes doing your best means stuck in the minutia of perfection versus letting this go. And let this is how, the, the, the in my book, the new book, Law of Action, that I'm almost done with, oh, good. Uh, the Law of Action – yeah, the law of action is just about that. It's about, you know, not that we can help the universe in the way that we think we can, but if I take every action step at my disposal to allow the, the uh, allow the law of attraction to fulfill what I'm after, that's when you get out there. I, I don't need to worry. My my dad and I learned this when when I was in business with my father years ago, and uh, we were I was in the insurance business with him and. Um, he, he was very much a planner and a plotter, very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was great in what he did. He was very successful in his work. But he he was the guy that he did not want, when we opened a new office, he didn't want to open the doors until we had paper clips in every desk drawer. Mm, wow. He, he wanted every, every detail ready to go. Every and, and, and there would be three or four-week period where we could be open, but we were waiting on minutia. We were mm-hmm. waiting on the, the desk chairs to come in. Well, let me get some folding chairs and put them in here until the desk chairs come in. And let's have a – there's some value in, in the place looking like it's under construction. So I, I would – he wanted to do it the what I call the slow open, and I said, let's open the doors tomorrow. Mm. Well, the, the one office we did that with, uh, in the two weeks it would take for the furniture to get there, and I'm, I, I had a card table and two folding chairs for my desk to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made we made eight thousand dollars commission during that period of time. Yeah, in the two weeks we were waiting on, 
we would have been closed and lost eight that we, we we'd have lost. I mean, that was that was, and, and probably that was a net four thousand dollars pure profit that we made wow. in that period of time. Yeah. And, and that that was an obvious wow. Look at this. Look at this. It didn't. And so that you know, again, it's just different styles. But being an implementational specialist is sort of that you know, doing your best is wonderful and it's something you don't want to. Do. But at some point. Quit thinking about it, get off your ass and do it. That's mm-hmm. just the answer to it. It's, we get paralyzed with the overthinking and talk about the ultimate resistance. Overthinking is what destroys the law of attraction's ability to, to bring about what you want because you're putting out so many different emotions when you're overthinking and overplanning. What you're saying is, I need to micromanage the law of attraction. And the law of attraction doesn't work being micromanaged. It doesn't. It just simply says, I'm gonna. I will fulfill this. Law of attraction will fulfill this. You got to let go of how we get there, and that's the biggest resistance, I believe. I agree with you, especially the letting go part, because even even when you let go, especially if you have a history like I have of hanging on to you know, but for dear life to some concept or some idea or whatever, uh, when you when you're when you finally let go, while you're waiting for a great result to happen, you're in terror. It's like, huh. so when, when's this thing going to happen? When's this going to come true? I, it hasn't happened yet. I've been, I checked it over the last 15 minutes. It still hasn't happened. <laughs> you know, you, you get into that crazy mindset and, and all of a sudden you're creating a new kind of negative spiral. Uh, and I, I think that's why this is such a hard thing sometimes to overcome because we have to not only make that shift, but we have to find a way to stay comfortable or feel good or, or in some way feel, feel like you're, you're on the right track when we make that shift. Right. That's the hard part. Right. Well, and that is, and, and that again, that's where that history, that historical uh, uh, brain mindset, where here's a list of everything that can go wrong. Here's the, you know, that's the protective nature of the the law of attraction. You know, I'm sorry, the negative mindset that sort of impedes the law of attraction is: look, let's don't put ourselves out there. They, the 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 body and the brain is always seeking safety. It always wants to mm-hmm. seek no change. It right. change goes against what the it's a protective mechanism. Uh, it, it goes way back to our our caveman days, um, where you know don't leave the cave. Things mm-hmm. are okay. There's really bad things outside the cave. You hang out here. You got food. Don't do anything new. Mm-hmm. It's a protective device. Well, in today's world, or even probably back then, you weren't going to eat if you didn't go outside of the cave. True. Um, and so in today's world, you, 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 we, we still are living with that protective. Let's don't, let's don't change anything. Most people want to leave their job before they're, they leave their job. I mean, if that makes it, when, here's what happened with me. I mentioned my job before. Um, I was director of a residential treatment center. There, there were, uh, I had a lot of latitude in developing programming. It was actually, I, I sort of manifested, that's a different story, but I sort of manifested the whole program, but in, in a different way than I intended. And, and, um, it, I, I was really, I was there for five years. I was a director and, and doing really well. I, I, I love seeing clients. However, there were negative parts of the job or there, there were negative, uh, sort of, people in this job that I, I didn't necessarily enjoy working with. So I, I planted in my mind one day I'm going to start my private practice, mm. but I wasn't ever going to make that move. I had, I had, you know, 20 employees that were very dedicated to me. Uh, the, the positive outweighed the negative was my argument. I was making a really good safe living. Uh, it, it wouldn't, you know, and, and all that, if I were to just quit my job, that would be putting myself out there. Mm, that would be risking right. my family's security, risking my family's safety. Sure. And so I, I was, I did what anybody logically would do. There would be nobody giving somebody advice that would say, yes, leave your high paying <laughs> job where you are respected and have latitude to do what you want pretty much and go start your own practice. There's mm. nobody that would seem logical to. Yeah. So, while I, I wanted that, I, I knew it wasn't logical to do it. Well, through a chain of events that were partly in my control, but mostly out of my control, uh, I ended up parting ways with that company. That wasn't my, it, 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 it was sort of my choice and sort of the owner's choice, uh, depending on which version of the story you want to believe. <laughs> uh, but somewhere in the middle, it was a mutual decision. Uh, and I left. Mm. And, I, within two or three weeks, was 
do, really doing well. And by the end of the year, I ended up making more money than I would have if I would have stayed with that same company. Mm-hmm. And and the part that I, the reason I tell that story, Walt, is I needed to be pushed. The I, I manifested it, and I even manifested the push. The push felt very uncomfortable. It was very mm-hmm. unstabling. It oh, was, sure. It sort of destabilized my world for a little bit. But after I got over that, realized there is zero chance I would ever go back to that job or that environment. I turned down jobs all the time of that exact nature. I don't like the, I, I like the working with a client part. I don't like the drama piece of working with a big corporation or or several other people. You're always trying to manage that stuff. Right. Um, but it it's such a great feeling to be where I'm at doing jobs. If that only came about, I was pushed into that. I manifested the push. But that uh, while it was happening, I was scared to death, and uh, it, it, it was an incredible. And you sort of were first front row for all that. We talked right around that's right. Time. I remember. And, uh, and, and yeah, so so that's the exciting piece that we have in this. We have that ability, but that that resistance or that pre-programmed concept that that next leap, you know, it, it it's hard. It's very hard to do. The, the the desire to stay safe or the desire to step out of your comfort zone uh, is overridden by that safety factor, the homeostasis the body is always seeking. It's sort of an overridden factor. And uh, mm. w- once you can sort of accept that break, this amazing wall. Well, and it's kind of terrifying. I mean, the story you told was kind of equivalent of riding a roller coaster. And if you like riding a yeah. roller coaster, that can be great. I don't like roller coasters. Roller coasters make me sick to my stomach. I don't get the, the thrill that other people get. I get the, oh, my <laughs> God, when is this damn ride going to end feeling? That's that's my experience with a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm serious. That's the way it is for me. I never liked it. Um, but other people do. And I, I don't know. Maybe that's me wanting to stay in that safety zone. But, I mean, I just, I, I know I'm supposed to enjoy the ride. I know that I'm supposed to find the joy in it, and that's that can be a big, a big challenge for me. That can be difficult. I I am in the middle of a a journey right now where the next steps. I know what the next steps are. I know exactly what they are, and like oh god, do I really want to set myself up for? This is the way my mind has turned it into a negative uh, vortex. Do I want to set myself up for another failure? And, of course, by saying that, I'm setting yeah. myself up for another failure, which is like, oh, come on. <laughs> this is me defeating myself again. But, nevertheless, that's where I find myself over and over again. And I, I don't know if it's well, because it, I'm it, afraid it, of the ride. It, that's probably part of it. But I, I'm, I, I also think it's probably a, a fear of, well, let's say well, I take the ride and it doesn't produce the result that I'm looking for. Oh, no, no, I've done, gone through it again. I think that's the, that's the, the best description of the fear that goes on there. And, and probably a lot of people and have stuff similar that, to that. that. I think that's pretty much everybody. Well, that, and that's where that, that homeostasis uh, situation takes place. The, the Okay, we've been here before. It was horrible. Let's just stay safe. Don't put yourself out there. Right. Don't put yourself out there. It, 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 it's You get emotionally damaged. You... It, it's horrible, even though you're using positive mindset and, and, and it just, you're already, we're already, you just, you see the built in resistance. That's a perfect example of the built in resistance that's going on. Mm. And by, by, by stepping back from that and, and realizing nothing great was ever started, uh, from a point of safety. And yeah. I, you know, I don't say nothing ever, but from, you know, you know the idea that, that most, yeah. When I, in the very beginning, when I got into recovery, um, I was, I went, ended up in this place, uh, down in Florida. He's a very dear friend now, but, uh, he had a, for lack of a better term, it was a therapeutic community for people with a gambling problem. Well, this was basically him renting out rooms in his house and, uh, uh, it, it had, didn't have a lot of structure to it. It wasn't much of a business at all. Mm. And, it, 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 uh, you know, it, it, it helped me. Thank goodness it was there. Yeah. But from that grew our treatment center, which moved to South Carolina, which, uh, you know, is where a lot of my great things in my life happened. And then mm-hmm. I eventually moved over. So it, it started, all that started with, a, you know, people would tell me, you need to find a real job. This is never going to make money. You never, <laughs> you'll never be successful in this field. And, and I bought into that for a long time. I kept looking for real jobs, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And, uh, 
uh, and, and I kept ended up, you know, doing, I, I liked what I was doing, but I never could envision making a living. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would, I mean, the fact that I can make the, the living I make now doing what I absolutely love is like all that would have been, if I would have found that quote unquote, you know, safe job, I'm not saying I wouldn't have been happy, but I wouldn't have had this incredible journey. I wouldn't have the abundance of my life I have now because sure. my mindset didn't go through that. And this is what you're describing, this fear-based stuff. And that's why it makes it so difficult for people to use the law of attraction. It's the historical thinking that does that. And yeah. that's why you know, I always I always like the idea, that's what Cindy's approach is so awesome, um, it is throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall, Getting out there, you never know which thread's going to take, and and you know don't don't get stuck on one not taking. Mm-hmm. If your course of action is limited to one narrow pathway, you've limited the, you've limited the law of attraction, and you've set up your own resistance. Or if your course of action has just multiple ways it can be filled, or whatever it doesn't, it will just take another direction. Hey, and you view it that way. Great. One of those things is going to take off. The law of attraction is guaranteed to fulfill it. It just becomes so much harder to do, not because of the law of attraction you can't do it. It's just there's so much resistance built into that one pathway only. That's just it. The the pathway, it's almost like it gets clogged up. That's kind yes. of like what it feels yes. like. It just kind of gets clogged up, and, you, and it just feels like nothing can come through. And, of course, when you feel that way, nothing can come through. Um, and... It, it, when I don't know if it's better to know the law of attraction or not. I mean, I think overall it is better to know. I think it's better to understand how to be a deliberate creator. But once you understand that you've got to get yourself into a place of feeling good about whatever it is that you're trying to attract, and you don't do that, you say, well, geez, now I'm defeating myself in a way I didn't even realize I was defeating myself before. <laughs> well, and, and, and one, of the, one of the things, too, that it – this will be, you know, very confusing. So just that's a <laughs> okay. Up. So there, there's the uh, uh, the caveat emptor in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little disclaimer before I say this. Uh, here, 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 here's what happens. Knowing the law of attraction is the understanding how to, is the greatest gift that I've ever been given. I'll say that mm. to start. However, knowing the law of attraction can be your biggest impediment to. to using the law of attraction too yeah. because you in it's the knowledge of the law of attraction itself can be resistant and that's the hard part just just like we're talking about since you know it you're now the knowledge of what's happening is part of the resistance so it's a <laughs> double-edged sword and that's where you have to uh you have to sort of fight past that or, or work you know it's that next level stuff of you know if, if i were to say you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this new project, uh, and, and I'm gonna do this, and then I'm gonna I'll also have like 15 other irons in the fire. Right. I have many other things going on. I have a lot of things going on. So, doesn't mean I'm not gonna put great energy and effort into this project that's on the forefront. But I'm also prepared for. Uh, here's one of my my great stories. Okay, and, and, and this is a way back in history story. Um, you know, I'm also prepared for allowing the law of attraction to use this pathway to just get me to where I need to meet somebody for the next path. Um, years ago, there's this, a writer. He wrote children's books, and uh, he wanted to get published. And, and this is long before you could self-publish, and, and um, you, 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 know, you, you had to get a, a publisher to agree to write it. His, his writings were a little odd and mm. more traditional in a lot of ways. And, mm. and so he wanted he – wanted, Really bad to get get it published. Mm-hmm. So at the time, New York City is where all the publishers were. So he went up to where the sort of publishers row it was called at the time, <laughs> and you you would either get a literary agent or you would. You know, he, he had this brilliant idea. He's going to go just basically show up at these publishers, show them their manuscripts, and one of them will accept it. Oh. And he went up there with a, a lot of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And the first, uh, and I don't know the number, but I was you know, the first several were like. They laughed at him or wouldn't even let him through and would look at his stuff. And they said, get an agent or whatever. Right. And he, he, he was very disappointed, very disappointed. So he's in the middle of New York City. And on the way back to his hotel, you know how busy New York City is. And if they're, if they're busy constructing a sidewalk or something, you'll often have to detour by crossing the street and walking a few blocks and crossing again. Sure. So he was almost at his hotel and, and one of those situations happened. So he had to, 
they even said, oh, my God, I'm so, my life's so sad. I have to cross the street. I can't even get to my hotel. He was just pity party kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so he crosses the street, and he's walking. Here's somebody calls his name, and, and it's like some hometown friend. He's like, what are you doing here? Mm. And they talked a little bit. The guy asked me, so what are you doing here? And he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here to – I was trying to get my book published, but obviously I'm you know, I'll be able to do this. And he goes, really? And so um, the guy that was up there asked his friend, well, are you, are you living in New York now? I just ran into you on the streets, and what are you doing here? He says, well, I, I actually, ironically, I've moved up here, and I'm working with so-and-so publishing company. <laughs> and he says, we'll be glad to look at your book. Yeah. And and this person made that his connection. He was able to publish his first book through this random connection on the streets of, not random in my mind, but on the streets of New York City. Mm. And we know him as Dr. Seuss. He did okay. He did pretty well. Um, he did really well. And and so he, he had he had a I mean and, and the, the man that decided to publish him was, looks like a genius. Mm-hmm. So the point of the story and I, I and it's not that as much as it is sometimes the law of attraction will take the project that you think is the answer to, and place you in a place where you run across the answer. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece that you've got to understand. It, we can't construct it. The way we want to, the law of attraction will fill the void as it did for him. He really wanted this book published. He knew it was good. He got up to New York City and it, it, it just didn't go as he envisioned, but it went better than he could ever have imagined. Mm. Oprah Winfrey tells a similar story. She got fired or let go as a, just basically a television anchor in Chicago when she was very young. Right. And couldn't find a job. So she was, she interviewed for like, you know, different positions in TV. She knew she wanted to be in TV. So she decided to do her own business. And one of the things at the time it was considered taboo. It was like everybody, she said she'll just do her own syndication. She will be, mm. she will then, you know, instead of going with a network, she would do her own syndication. And pretty you know, daring, by the way. It became, yeah, it was just that hurt. Everybody sort of laughed at her. It's like, mm. oh, well, I don't even need to finish that story. That nope. worked out pretty well. It and, did. And, and so within that, she created a, a, a multi-billion dollar empire. And what do you – I don't know anybody that doesn't really like her except for political reasons, but she truly, sincerely helps many, many people. And she's Absolutely. one of the first people to really bring attention on a national level to the law of attraction and its concept. So mm-hmm. you have a great credit for that as well. Absolutely. Uh, so it, it just wildly successful, and all of this came out of a failed career. Right. Uh, and, and taking it up. So sometimes the law of attraction will take – so that's the piece that I try to do is I try to – when I'm setting up a goal or setting up a project, I have to realize I've got to let it – got to let go of the perfectionism of the vision and accept the process of the law of attraction. It will get me, you know, my situation got me to South Carolina. A great lot of great stuff happened in South Carolina. But being in South Carolina made a connection with the guy in Virginia who opened up my dream treatment center that I manifested. And that, I thought that was the point. Well, that ended up leading me to my private practice, which had my book published and had a bunch of other things. So all of this was such an incredible journey, Walt. And mm. this is the piece that, that I'm excited when people talk about. Also, I, I get fearful for them because you, you get it, it. You're like this current journey you're on, I'm, I'm, and, and I'm pretty aware of where you're at with it. What's going on? I want you to view it as if if I can. I know you you don't like to do it. This I would love to see you just jump in it, do it, show mm-hmm. up, do it, put mm-hmm. it out there, boom. Mm-hmm. And there will be something in that process, whether it's that event that does it for you or something in that process that will lead you to your answer, I don't know. But it will be part of the journey. The law of action is sort of meeting the law of attraction halfway by taking action. And sometimes it's any action whatsoever. It doesn't matter the action. It just starts going. Mike Dooley's analogy, which I love, a GPS in your car is only effective when you're moving. You can say, you can plug in an address, it doesn't, it doesn't know what to do until you start moving. Then it can fill in the blank. Even if you go in the wrong direction, yep. the, the GPS will get you back to where you need to go. Very it's true. where it can't help you when you're stuck. Yes. Yep, that's true. Very true. By the way, I can add a, a little piece of the story to the Dr. Seuss story that you told. 
because a lot of people don't know this, Dr. Seuss was an Ivy Leaguer. Seuss went to, I believe, Dartmouth College, you know, one of the premier schools in the country. And yet here's a man who had this wonderful education, very intelligent, and he's on the streets of New York, and his plan didn't work out, and he doesn't know what to do. An intelligent man, well-educated, and he didn't know what to do. To me, that's right. a, there's a tremendous lesson in there. It's not about knowing what to do. <laughs> because, right. I mean, if the, well, well, the smartest way, people in America can't figure it out, then, you know, who are the rest of us, right? <laughs> well, and, and, that, and that's the answer that I think we get stuck on. Everybody looks at the wrong end of the equation. It's, I got to know what to do. I got to know what to do. And my message in this, I have seen thousands of people have success accepting this. Mm. My message in the beginning is I don't, you know, they come to me with an answer to what do I want to do or help, help me fulfill this goal. And when I tell them to get started, here's step one, how does that help me reach your goal? And I'll be honest with them. I go, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I will tell you that the action that I'm suggesting will fill in the blanks for both of us and we'll both be surprised. Yeah. I've watched it happen countless times. And it, 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 I'm so confident, and I never see it fail. It's the only time I see it fail where people, again, are, are, are fearful of being pigeonholed, or they're pigeonholed into their one narrow belief and their, their, their concept of safety. The concept mm-hmm. of safety is, uh, yeah, I, I'm okay where I'm at. If I put myself out there, I'm going to be disappointed emotionally, or I'm going to be financially hurt, or I'm going to be, or, or whatever. It's just, it, it's part of the deal that, Trusting that this will happen, not trusting it is part of the resistance to the law of attraction. Just when you can really get to that place of like, I know this is going to work out, and I'm just going to start driving the bus and wait for it all to sort of get, get the bus to get filled up and the direction to go. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to wait to happen. And 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 it, it, it's it's scary, and that's that term I use when I, I'm, I'm doing consulting for companies. I walked into a treatment center not too terribly long ago, and they have uh this was in florida and they they had they were trying to change to an entirely different model and they uh, uh there was a lot of resistance among the staff and they wanted to plan and they wanted to do all this stuff and they wanted to get uh you know all these things in order and and my argument was you know let's just do it and then fix mm. it and uh and 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 i had and i knew i wouldn't overcome and i've used this technique before but I caught, there's 40 people that work there, this residential treatment center. I show up on a Thursday morning, and I knew the resistance automatically. I knew they were going to fight me every step of the way. So I walk in, introduce myself as a consultant, and I said, I got some really good news, some really bad news. The really good news, we're about to make some incredible changes. The bad news for you guys, everybody's fired. <laughs> and, and, oh, my goodness, you don't see the fate. They, they went from ready to argue with me about how I, this would never work. But I almost immediately said, however, I'm going to be sitting at this desk over here. If you'd like to line up, I'll be glad to interview you for the position that I have to fill. And and just so happens, I need a position for every one of you here. I need somebody in that exact same position. So if you want to do that, I hired everybody back, gave everybody a teeny little race to help them out. And their attitude toward things was a lot different. Mm. Instead of fighting me with what wouldn't work, now they're like, "Yes, we loved your idea. <laughs> they hated my idea, but they loved it now." And we implemented the next day. We implemented this. They had an entirely different way of doing things. They did it flawlessly with very little change over mm. the next. You know, it took a little adjusting here and there, and it, it and their success rate quadrupled. And it, it just it was a whole different outlook. And so by by Breaking the resistance early, and I had the advantage of being able to do it, by changing their mindset, instead of fighting their resistance, I just sort of erased their resistance. Like, okay, I used their, their fear of, of, you know, change to their advantage. Oh boy, I'd rather have a job. Not only, and they, they left feeling great. They, you know, everybody got a little extra vacation, a little extra raise after they met with me, and mm-hmm. nobody lost any time. And they weren't really fired. It was just something right, right, that, right. that, and they didn't, they didn't know that. And, uh, and it, it allows that breakthrough. So that's the, that's the exciting piece of law of trade. Get moving and then the, and then go around. The resistance is usually what keeps you from that implementation of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It reminds me of a story that Cindy shared with me again yesterday, um, after the podcast. 
she many years ago ran a uh, I can't remember what she called it, but it was basically an art workshop because she likes to draw and paint and so forth, and she was teaching others to do it. But she was doing it in some therapeutic way, and so I'll call it therapeutic art. But I can't remember what she what she called it. Anyway, um, these were a bunch of people, mostly older people, who were wanting to you know fill out their lives now that they were retired, and. They figured their artwork was a good way to do that. But like most people, they came into it feeling like, well, I don't know how to draw. I've never was good at art, all that kind of thing. And she wanted to break through all that. So her uh, solution, her approach was to tell all of them, the first thing we're going to do here, we're going to do this one uh, still life. We're going to all paint this, this still life. Uh, but I want you to know that after we paint it, we're going to destroy all of the artwork. We're going to just, we're going to burn it. So no one will ever mm -hmm. see it. So you can actually kind of treat this as like a practice session. You don't have to worry about how it's going to look to anybody else because no one will ever see it anyway. It's all going to get burned. And she was blown away by the, the work that these people did. Some of these people, and also they had to do it in a, in a short period of time. It's not like they were given weeks to do it. It was like, we got to do it today. We got to get it done you know, by the end of the class. And she was absolutely blown away by the quality of the work that was done that day. Because once they eliminated from their mind the idea that this is actually going to be judged in some way, that this is going to be looked at by the public or even by themselves or by you know their fellow students or whatever, once they got that all the way, they, they were able to just do beautiful work. It was fact, some of the yes. best work that she'd ever seen. So there's another story that reinforces yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, one of the techniques of... Uh, uh, Recording, I forget the recording artist, but he had a, in the beginning of his career, he had a very hard time um, when he would go in the studio and all the people in the background and stuff like that. He he, he just couldn't perform, and mm -hmm. and he, he could sing, but it didn't sound like himself. So his manager, who was a brilliant manager, said, "Look, tell you what, we got to do. We, we're having trouble with the sound equipment. Mm. I need you to sing the entire song." Uh, with the extreme ranges, in fact, if anything, just put as much in. This is not going to be your recording. I just, I'm, I'm working on the sound right now, and you'll help me with by going to the extreme on your ranges. Okay. Um, and the guy starts singing and belts it out, and amazingly, it was obviously what he's going to use. And he, because he didn't think that would be it, there was no limitations in his voice. There was no limitations in his effort. Right. He wasn't protecting anything. And I, again, I wish it would be a lot better if I did songs. It would you'd be a rip. But I remember hearing that, and it was a very successful song, very successful artist. And it, it, it just, but because he didn't realize, it, because the homeostasis process couldn't, you bypass it by not allowing it to be that. Then that we started the topic of resistance, and that resistance is built in again years of programming telling you this fear of failure. That's why. I've, I work at reprogramming concepts of failure all the time. What mm. struggle is I, I re, reframe all that because that's how that's how we learn. There, there's there's a, a a thing in the brain called myelin. It's a substance in the brain. The more myelin you have, athletes that have trained for a young age have a lot of this myelin, connective tissue in the brain. And by repetitively doing something more, the myelin increases and and, and actually trains the body to do it and. So it, it, we are actually creatures that were made to fail in a, order to learn. And somehow along the way, we have equated failure as a, a negative versus, no, that's the only solid method for us to learn is not getting it right and doing it over and over mm -hmm. and, and until you get it right. And that's the, the beauty of where the law of attraction. The law of attraction wants you to jump and then worry about if there's water in the pool. It'll fill the pool. Uh, <laughs> we are... We are trained to always expect there to be no water in the pool. And that's a hard incongruence that it is. creates resistance. Yeah, but it's a great point. It's a great lesson to learn. Um, we do have one question that came up from Siraj. This is actually the same question he raised during yesterday's podcast. Clearly, it's one that's, that's kind of haunting him. Um, Cindy gave her answer yesterday. I thought her answer was great. Um, but uh, let's bring it up for you to answer, too. He says, as you know, I'm hospitalized for some health issues. And because of medical leave, I'm in a bit of a uh, financial jam. I've got some debts to pay this month and so forth. Not sure what to do about it. Uh, still listen to your podcast. Keep my positive vibrations high. And I'm hoping you'll guide me through the situation. So what can you tell to Siraj? How can he deal with the situation he's in right now? Okay, well, first of all, I, my positive thoughts of healing are there. I, I really recommend you look at uh, or study the concept. There's a lot of videos that are free. You wouldn't even have to buy 
but the Dr. Joe Depenza, Depenza, I always say it wrong. Dr. Joe Depenza has a book called You Are the Placebo uh, that talks about um, the mental side of healing, which I think can be beneficial. That's a separate mm-hmm. my answer. I just like to go there with uh, on the mental on the, but I hear more of a financial concern here mm-hmm. of how am I going to be able to do this. Uh, I have a, a practical answer, and I have a law of attraction. The practical okay. answer is when you owe money, one of the greatest things you can do is step up, call, and I, I work with people in these situations. Call your creditors. Tell them you're having some medical issues. Call, do that. You get on the phone with them. You tell them. instead of the, You'd be shocked at how willing people are to work with you when you do that. There's a fear of doing it, but that will help. That might be a tangible action you can take right now. Uh, very few creditors will say, oh, you're in the hospital, we, we demand the money. They will allow you time to do that. Again, I don't know what country you're from, but uh, in the United I, actually, States, I can tell you, he, a very common thing. He's from India. I, I know that for a fact about him. And, and I, I think their, their cultural stuff is very similar. Mm-hmm. I think you should probably call your creditors, tell them you're in the hospital, and get a, a reprieve from debt. That would, uh, that would give you a chance to heal. And get the, the other side, is the mindset that we're in. When you're living in the mindset of the fear of not having money because you're sick is having a double impact on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, your health issues get compounded by that. And then, you you know, so the, the in the time of, of being able to imagine living in the abundance, using the law of attraction, there's limitless stuff available on YouTube. There's free books all over the place on this stuff. But I would immerse myself with, with that while you're in the hospital. It's one of the great times of learning. Uh, you have an unlimited amount of time to sit there and absorb all this. You're listening to our podcast. Uh, and, and, and just put yourself in the best vibration you can. Walt has a wonderful way that works great for him. He loves to watch comedies and laughing. That's mm. He's in a great vibrational state. So find out what your vibrational state, what lifts you up, live there, and then imagine the abundance. And then by taking the tangible action of contacting your creditors, the, you, you're able to Almost guarantee you'll be able to delay or, or take that relief off. And once that pressure is relieved, you probably would feel better. You're going to be able to, to move forward and then success or, or however we're going to implement the other stuff would happen. But we start with that mindset in the beginning. And that mindset is important uh, because when you set the mindset, then it does become easier to take a step like calling the creditors because that is, that's, that's another leaving the cave example, isn't it? You know, call the creditors. Are yeah. you kidding? You don't want to do that. You got to stay in your cave where it's safe. You ignore the creditors. You ignore them so, you know, that, so that, cause if I ignore them, they don't exist. It's sort of a, a mentality a lot of people have. But you'll be shocked that I've, I've had, I almost have never have it fail when a client who's in, and I deal with people who are in just incredibly difficult financial situations. And, and when they call their creditors, they're shocked at what they can get them to do. Or, mm. and they're like, well, I wish I'd have called them before. What? And so, yeah, it, it is a natural inclination to avoid, not to, not to turn around and, and own it and, and move on it. You get great stuff that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good advice. Well, hopefully, Siraj, that gives you a little bit more information. And, and I like what you said, Joel, in part because it was it was a somewhat different message from the one that Cindy gave yesterday. And I like that because it gives people different ways of developing a new perspective. Sometimes we need to have a, a, a sort of a smorgasbord to pick from. And, you know, okay, I like well, that way. It, I don't like that way so much, but I'll go this way. You know, you, you have options. Yeah. And in my in my practice, one of the things that it, you know, it, I am, I use the law of attraction as a basis for pretty much everything I do. However, people, I also have I always try to offer a law of attraction solution mm-hmm. and a tangible action solution, mm-hmm. a, a law of action solution. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Well, if you're laying in your hospital bed, you have this going on, calling the creditor, starting at the top, tell them where you're at. Very difficult, but you'll start feeling better. Once they say, "Oh my goodness, we didn't know you were in that situation," yes, we will. We will. Uh, you don't owe us anything for ninety days, and we'll we'll, we'll stop interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll reduce your payments. We'll reorganize your day. All those things. I've seen all those things happen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so it's a fearful place to begin with. But I always like to offer. Uh, you know, it's always about the at the end of the day, it's about your vibration you're putting out there. And by taking action, you can help raise your vibration as well. Well, as usual, you've managed to put us on to a a much higher vibrational level. So thank you for that. I look forward to doing this every week with you, and I I can't wait to do it again next week in March. We'll be in March 2019. 
hard to believe, Walt. Always look forward to it. Thank you for the time today, and I appreciate our audience for listening. I do as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. 